Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to another weekend here. It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production, and it's nothing, uh, nothing left to chance or nothing minimal here. We've got the, uh, a great guest today, a special guest, too, and he's been with the show a few times. It's Alex Benlock, entertainment industry journalist and author. And uh, basically, in the next uh, following three segments, you will know everything you need to know about the television and entertainment industry. Okay, so we'll, we'll give a test at the end. Pat Fallon is uh, with us next week, by the way. Pat is a guy who is so busy, we've been trying to catch up with him. And we got him back. He's got a brand new book called Juicing the Orange. Mm-hmm. He's also chairman of a uh, of an agency, a little advertising agency somewhere up in uh, Midwest, North Midwest, I think, something like that. Minneapolis. Yeah, this place. There, so. And a little little firm called Fallon Worldwide. Pat Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. So that's next week on the advertising show. Tell your friends. And relatives. Yeah. Clear Channel is always doing amazing things, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. They're doing some good stuff, and, you know, we'll, we'll leave that at that. Uh, Clear Channel is now, have you heard about the Blinks? Yes, the, the Blinks. Quick Spots. The Miniature Blinks. Commercials, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their first marketer. It's Fox Broadcasting. They're one to three second spots being used literally to shout out the fall season premieres of House, Prison Break, and The Simpsons. Uh, Clear Channel's Creative Services Group and Fox's radio promotion staff experimented with nearly 50 Blinks, and they settled on uh, one per premiere in the Blink uh, for a Prison Break. A uh, jolt of theme music precedes the plug, Prison Break, tonight on Fox. Using the same uh, two-second template, the, the Blink for the Simpsons features Homer's signature, Dole! Catchphrase. <laughs> that was it. That's, well, it just that's cool. I like when they do different things, and it's wonderful to hear this kind of stuff. I like that little uh, Homer deal, and that's good reinforcement there. But it certainly took you more than three seconds to go through that of what, what the, they've been, what, <laughs> what they're doing. No, no, not that. Of the fact that they're promoting all those shows. I mean, it's like Fox Broadcast. <laughs> Casting. Should have bought the four-second one. Fox Snoop. Yeah. You know, uh, staying with the uh, the Fox idea, starting uh, just this the coming Tuesday, Ray, YouTube uh, added to its homepage a video p- promoting aspiring singer, I know you'll want this CD, yeah. Paris Hilton's new album, oh, The Clip. Yeah. Uh, the interesting part is it's sponsored by Fox's prison break show the uh, youtube the most visited uh, video website of course online is trying to boost advertising revenue by introducing new ad formats that uh, don't alienate its users with overt commercialism i agree with that Uh, ms uh, hilton uh, and her so-called proprietary uh, or participatory, hello, participatory video. Statutory, ad. is that what you said? No. <laughs> well, she, she's older than that. Uh, and and the uh, brand channel Augment, that's the channel, not her you-know-whats, yeah. uh, Augment uh, banner ads, uh, promotions, and sponsorships on the site. It's no secret, Ray. We all know the Internet businesses are uh, linking with uh, established media companies for, to promote TV shows and films on their site. But in June... YouTube formed a partnership with NBC to highlight episodes episodes of one of my favorite programs and yours as well. Yes. I know Ray, The Office. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. 
I like the original one, too, though, on BBC America. On BBC. I did see a little bit of that, and it, it's reminiscent of that. You, if you know The Office, you can jump over to BBC, and really, you don't have to have watched it. You get it. So I was watching uh, YouTube, uh, uh, the TV, uh, a movie trailer for Scary Movie 3, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have one scene where the guy throws a ball at the lady and it hits her in the face. <laughs> and she goes, well, I've taken balls to the face before. <laughs> And I go, oh, my God, that's on a movie preview? So then, now, now, I'm, now I'm at home, right? I'm watching television? Television during prime Broadcast time. Broadcast television. Broadcast television. Yeah. And I'm watching the movie trailer for Scary Movie 3. She gets hit in the face with the ball, and she says, oh, no, I've taken balls to the face before. And I'm going, oh, my God. They're allowing that to run on general market television, wow. network television? Yeah. You've got to be kidding. Well, how long ago was it that, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer was a guest on Johnny Carson? Oh, yeah, that's and right. You yeah. remember this? As his wife kisses balls before the tournament. Exactly. For our younger viewers, that's right. Carson said, anything <laughs> special your wife does for you, Arnie, before you go out and play at a tournament? And once again, what was that, Ray? I'm not saying it again. He said his wife. <laughs> it was on good network television. No, it was television. on network TV. His wife kisses his balls, golf balls he was talking about. <laughs> he didn't say golf balls. No, he sure didn't. No. That's funny. But that's a, that was a great thing about Carson. You know, you think about Carson, then you think about the, the legacy and the baton being handed over to Leno, and I just can't see it happening no. with Conan. No. It's like, where did this guy come from, and how right. do ne- network executives believe that he is in the position to drive incredible ratings against yeah. Letterman. I don't get it. Well, and you know, when uh, Leno first took over for uh, Carson, I saw a lot of uh, Leno and his his writers and producers of various segments and so forth uh, ripping off a lot of what Letterman had come up with and stealing from, you know, other other shows out there. Sure. And I, I just, you know, lost a lot of respect for that uh, that particular uh, program, but uh, anyway, yeah, I think once they diluted uh, Carson enough with Leno, yeah. now uh, Conan O'Brien is is not that far of a step. Okay. I don't know. I, I, guess, I maybe I shouldn't guess have said that, that but that's my feeling. I don't know. Andy Borowitz is with us here now in the advertising show, and uh, no, je- excuse me, Jeffrey Gittimer. <laughs> I wrote him in the Andy Borowitz line. Get out of Jeffrey here, Jeffrey Gittimer. Responsibility, <laughs> responsibility to yourself to achieve. Why don't we find out what that's all about? Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Regardless of your selling circumstance, regardless of your success to this point in time, regardless of your company, regardless of your boss, you have a responsibility to yourself to achieve achieve a level of success that you set for yourself. It's not a quota. Quotas to me are a bunch of crap set by management who couldn't go out and meet those quotas themselves if their lives depended on it. If you're a great salesperson, you should meet your quota in the first two weeks of the month and begin to bank real money in the last two weeks of the month. You should have your manager coming up to you to find out, hey, how do you do it? You should have the president of the company calling you on the phone, congratulating you on your successes. But let me give you a big clue. The only way this is going to happen is with self-inspiration, not self-motivation, self-inspiration, self-determination, and hard work that starts before everybody else gets up and after everybody else has gone to sleep. 
Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. And you don't have your frequency of three or something right. like that, and you haven't put yourself in as a personality on the spot like some auto dealers do. Hmm. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, Alex Ben Block, entertainment industry journalist and author, uh, will be with us here for the next uh, few segments here on the advertising show. Powered by Shipple.com, by the way, Shipple.com is a... An incredibly uh, cool marketing website. It's what you see when you go visit the advertising show. Check out Tenancy 2 on there. It's theadvertisingshow.com. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Meow, 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 I was wondering why, Brad, they never took the time to edit out that breath in that song. <laughs> would have sounded better. But that's okay. It's a hit, and it's history. On the advertising show, Rachel and Brad Forsythe back with you. As promised, uh, out of L.A., it's Alex Ben Block, entertainment industry journalist and author, a regular guest here on the show. And it's always a pleasure to have Alex here. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Well, thank you, Ray and Brad. It's always a pleasure to be here. Well, and, uh, you know, last week we we plugged your uh, daughter and her uh, musical career up and coming and uh, didn't feel that it was appropriate for us to uh, stick our necks out and give a name. We did mention uh, MySpace.com as a place to, to go visit and, and check check out her uh, music. B- bring us up to date, Alex, j- just on a personal level. How's your daughter doing and how's her career going? Great. She's just been nominated for a very prestigious award, the uh, Los Angeles Music Awards, Triple uh, A album of the year, and Triple A is uh, American uh, artist uh, album, and uh, we're very proud of her. Her name is Haley Taylor, H A Y L E Y T A Y L O R, and you can go to HaleyTaylor.com or you can hear her music by going to MySpace.com/slash Haley Taylor. So uh, she's an alternative kind of rock folk artist, getting amazing reviews as you can read at HaleyTaylor.com. And uh, we're very, very proud of her. So do we see a reality show here uh, in the future, kind of like a Gene Simmons-type reality show with you and her? Uh, I don't know about me. She's really <laughs> beautiful and really smart and really talented, so she would be perfect for a reality show. Okay, well, well there you go. Obviously, she takes after her mother. That's right. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that, but, you know, what the heck. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, uh, for sure. <laughs> quite a testament uh, to the uh, online channel for uh, entertainment seekers and to, to launch a career. I know your daughter uh, has not been uh, at that very long at all, a year or two, right, as far as uh, exposing publicly? Well, uh, she's had a series of bands over the last several years, but uh, she came out as a singer-songwriter, and she debuted her first album earlier this year. Uh, she actually went to Nebraska and uh, worked with the, the same uh, folks there who, uh, who do a number of other top albums and uh, produced and edited and uh, did a great job. There's a group called Bright Eyes, which is very well known that comes out of the same studio. 
Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, on to uh, the world of entertainment uh, with Alex Benblock, and uh, thanks for that update, by the way. NBC, staying with the online idea for just a second, NBC uh, recently picked up a pilot for development called uh, Nobody's Watching after it was dumped by the WB uh, because it started getting play, I understand, and a, a bit of a buzz on YouTube.com. Is this the uh, first time, Alex, that, that uh, you know someone's uh, picked up a, a TV program because of the web and the buzz it was getting there? It certainly is one of the first times. It was quite rare, but suddenly it's become the chic thing to do in Hollywood. In fact, there are articles as recently as today in L.A. about how all the studio executives are now going to YouTube and other content uh, created by uh, the, the viewers' kind of sites and looking for the next great talent. So Nobody's Watching was a failed TV pilot, kind of an edgy thing done for the WB, and uh, when these NBC executives saw how many hits it was getting and how popular it was on YouTube, they decided to, to take this failed pilot and put it on their network. Hmm. Uh, and now it's uh, become very in in Hollywood to uh, you know, look for great talent out there who suddenly pops up out of nowhere thanks to the Internet. Well, I'm curious. Do you, you know, it, it, to me, it seems like there's a, a business model waiting to happen there, as well as kind of a, a bit of a research channel there. Do you anticipate that uh, uh, networks may one day find that uh, this could be a good testing ground for, for new programs? Oh, absolutely. I think it's already happening. And, in fact, the way it's starting to happen is a lot of the networks, uh, as well as individual entrepreneurs, are launching cyber channels. These are very much like a broadcast or cable channel, but they appear only over the Internet. And they're only really for people with broadband connections and high-speed users who can get this terrific content that's out there. And this is kind of the new vaudeville, because this is a place where, for much less cost, you can launch a channel, launch a show, try things out, test a format. And if it works, then you can grow it into a cable channel, which is probably a minimum investment of $150 million or more. Hmm. You know, I know you're, you've got to be very familiar with YouTube.com. How do they monetize their website? I'm, I'm curious. And I'm, I'm thinking also, uh, Alex, why wouldn't they maybe charge some of these network companies for placement of their programs to test on their site? Yeah, they are. They've made uh, sponsorship and promotion deals with NBC and others where they run either some or all of uh, pilots of shows and, and material related to them. Uh, but until very recently, they didn't take advertising because it was kind of, it's sort of like the love child hippie attitude, you know, they want to soil themselves. But uh, actually, within the last couple of days, what's happened is YouTube has announced a deal where they're going to have video advertising on their homepage. It'll be labeled as a commercial. Uh, if you pay attention, you'll know that it's sponsored. But still, you'll be able to click on a button right there on the homepage at YouTube, and you'll be able to see an advertising message, and it'll be full-motion video just like you're watching it on your TV. Sweet. Yeah, there was something out earlier this week, which we'll save for after the interview, uh, about uh, Paris Hilton's new album uh, being <laughs> featured on YouTube. Uh, Katie Couric, uh, a lot being talked about with her CBS News debut. and. Yeah, and there's a lot going on uh, as far as the morning shows right now. Bring us up to date on what's going on there, Alex. Well, it's kind of an interesting time. Uh, you know, Chris Cuomo has just been picked as the news anchor at ABC's Good Morning America because everybody's getting positioned for when uh, Meredith Vieira arrives in the morning. And, of course, Katie Couric has left the morning and is going to be the news anchor of CBS. And CBS, under Leslie Moonves, has mounted over a $10 million promotional campaign to get the word out about Katie, to really reinvigorate and reinvent the whole uh, news operation from top to bottom. Katie Kirk went out on the road and did a series of kind of uh, town hall workshops with people without cameras in many cases. 
just listening to what people think. And uh, between now and uh, when she gets going in early September, you're going to be flooded with advertisements, promotions from all directions. Katie Kirk is going to be everywhere. And so, of course, uh, ABC and CBS and others are going to try to counter that. But uh, everybody's waiting to see if Katie Kirk can move the meter in a sense. You know, Brian Williams is number one in the evening news right now. But uh, Charlie Gibson coming to ABC is a very strong presence. And now with Katie Couric, I think it's going to be a much tighter race. And I understand CBS Morning News is uh, up in the ratings a bit lately. They are. Uh, Julie Chen is among the hosts on that show, and she's married to Leslie Moonves. She's a delightful right. lady. Really? And, uh, I, you know, I enjoy that show. It's a little bit more low-key. Yeah. I always feel with the Today Show, they're trying to impress me. And Good Morning America, they all think they're smarter than me. But CBS are just nice people. <laughs> they always and, have had a good show. They just didn't have the ratings back then. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, any uh, reaction from ABC with uh, Charlie Gibson showing up over there to compete soon with, uh, well, I guess now or when Katie gets there eventually at CBS News? Or any uptake from, uh, from uh, ABC? Well, the ratings uh, have perked up a little bit, but he's still number two to Brian Williams. And... Uh, I think that uh, it's really too early to tell. He's got kind of a, you know, his own special attitude. But this fall, when Katie's in the chair and Brian's going full tilt, there's going to be a lot of news this fall going into an election cycle, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And uh, Meredith uh, Vieira, real quickly, just to wrap it up on this subject, is she? I believe in Meredith Vieira. I think she's a great talent. I thought it was very small-minded of ABC to refuse to provide clips for the opening day of Meredith Vieira on NBC. Uh, for what was going to be a welcome celebration, and they wanted to show clips from, uh, you know, uh, both The View and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which she hosts, the syndicated version, and ABC refused. They said, you can't use our clips. But uh, guess what? She's still going to be on NBC, and I'm sure they'll find other ways to welcome her. Sure. A bit uh, small-minded, uh, I would think, on uh, ABC's part to not uh, not step up to the line there. I mean, you're at least going to get some publicity on another network. How could that be a bad thing? Google uh, recently committed a billion-dollar deal with uh, Murdoch for uh, space on the MySpace.com site. I understand this deal that uh, Murdoch put together, uh, well, not him personally, but his company, uh, replaces Yahoo for Google. A big blow to uh, Yahoo, you think? It is, uh, and this is a big battle. You know, in the early days of the online and the computer world, there were a number of different models bandied about, about what would really make money, what would be the big thing that would drive it. And it turns out that search engines are the most powerful of all, and you can get a lot of hits and a lot of activity that way. And uh, so the battle of the search engines is a serious one, and Google has used a big stash of cash that they have from the earnings they've made from their stock offering to go out and make a number of very interesting deals. And uh, not only there, but also with AOL, they went in and made a deal to be the search engine on AOL, which was a very expensive deal involving ads and other stuff. Our special guest here on the Advertising Show, Alex Ben Block with Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth, and we have more for you, so stay right here. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. If you've got the time, we've got the beer, Miller Beer. Not that we would have a Miller Beer in the middle of the show, but maybe afterward, huh? Right. Yeah. Actually, not a Miller, thanks. It's <laughs> no. uh, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, with our special guest and a frequent guest here on the Advertising Show, Alex Ben Block. Alex, welcome back. Thanks so much. Good to be here. 
Yeah. What are your thoughts, uh, Alex, on the status of the Viacom split now that we're about eight months out? I understand Viacom's ad sales are, are struggling a bit. Uh, is this a good deal? Well, the stock market doesn't seem to think so. If you look at the valuations that have been placed on Viacom since the split, I think it's actually down from where it was. And, uh, well, CBS is actually, I think, showing more life. What happened is uh, the, the Viacom and CBS both reported recently, and it was really a chance to look at the first year as a snapshot of what's happened. And if you expected to see this big spurt of growth, instead Viacom ran into a number of problems, particularly in the advertising business with some of their networks. And their expansion wasn't as rapid as expected. And the turnaround at Paramount Pictures is much more difficult than anybody ever anticipated. And so, uh, you know, I think that uh, we've seen that uh, Sumner Redstone's judgment in splitting this company in half is being called into question by Wall Street. But Redstone is forging ahead. And it's fascinating to watch the difference between these companies. Tom Freston, who runs Viacom, is a delegator, kind of behind-the-scenes kind of guy. And Leslie Moonves, who runs CBS, is very hands-on in every area and in the face of everybody from, the, uh, from his employees to the press. And uh, both of them have a very different style, and Moonves is now threatening to go to the movie business and compete <laughs> with Viacom. Oh, so uh, the, the, the battle is on, is engaged. Yeah, well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you, you bring up an interesting point about uh, Moonves and CBS getting into the movie business. CBS's film unit, I understand, will produce some four to six uh, mid-budget movies a, a year, which uh, Moonves uh, apparently will then use the to use these uh, movies to stock uh, Showtime and reduce network dependence on Viacom's Paramount. And, and I'm understanding, Alex, that uh, Moonves says that uh, he'd be able to make films budgeted ten to fifteen million dollars risk-free. I didn't know there was such thing as risk-free productions of uh, movies nowadays. Well, it's very hard to have the discipline to only make them for 10 to $15 million if you want to have star power in them. But yeah. the ace in the hole here is Showtime. The number two pay TV network will cover as much as 25% or more of the budget of each of these movies. At 10 to $15 million, they may cover as much as half of the budget uh, as using these properties as a grind that go over and over again. And so if he can keep the discipline of being this level of economics of not paying the big star salaries and they put them out on dvd they use them online for downloads they use them uh, in other promotional ways and then they run them on showtime and then they sell them in tv syndication he certainly can make a profit with them the question is can he be that rare individual who starts out with good intentions but then actually remains disciplined and makes those kind of movies or will he be making the next blockbuster that goes over budget right mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, we'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, any fan of Letterman knows that uh, Les started his career as an actor in a B-level uh, B movie, which he played for uh, for the, his audience for many oh, years. I, he be, I actually he, knew him in those days. He was an actor not only in movies, but he did a lot of TV work. And he lived in New York at the time I did many years ago, and that's when I first met him. Wow. Wow. Talk about a success story. He goes from one side of the camera to the other, and the rest is history. Let's talk about the fall lineup programming coming up. What networks, Alex, do you expect to be on top when the new shows air this year? Well, you know, uh, you got to expect that ABC is going to continue the resurgence, but CBS and Fox were the powerhouses last year, and I don't really see that changing in a big way. But NBC is going to roll the dice big time. They have uh, the show Studio 60 coming up from, uh, you know, the same people who gave you uh, uh, West Wing. And so, uh, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a daring show. And I think that uh, NBC is going to make it a much closer race this year. 
So I think uh, all of the networks have reason to be optimistic, but, uh, you know, about one out of ten new TV shows ever makes it to a second season, so the odds are never that good. Any uh, any thoughts on NBC's single-camera comedy, 30 Rock? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think 30 Rock, you know, which is a parody of a behind-the-scenes of a show like Saturday Night Live, uh, has a lot of potential, but the inside TV shows rarely work. Uh, once in a while, if you have the right personality to build them around, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going for uh, the big time here, and uh, there's a lot of competitiveness even within the network about this, so... Uh, they need a hit very badly, or else heads are going to roll at NBC. Yeah, who, who's uh, remind me of who's starring in that Thirty Rock uh, it's Julia series? Play, isn't it? uh, it's the fellow from Friends, isn't it? Uh, well, I'll take uh, TV actors for fifty, Alex. <laughs> oh, you are Alex. Yeah, well, right. let's. Uh, do we have time to talk a little bit about Emmy Awards, uh, Ray? We've got a little over a minute here, Brian. Little over a minute. Your picks for this year's Emmys is happening tonight, uh, tomorrow night, uh, or tonight on NBC, I guess. Uh, my picks for the Emmys. Uh, uh, you know what I pick is that this show is not going to have very good ratings. <laughs> is that right? How many Americans are going to watch it? You know, and and the uh, host uh, from uh, NBC's uh, Late Night. Right, Conan O'Brien is going to be the right. host, and uh, I'm not sure that that's going to be the huge attraction that they need. I can't imagine why it would. I think that was more of a choice to promote his career than to draw uh, an audience to, to the Emmys, don't you think, Alex? Uh, oh, absolutely. They uh, see this as a vehicle to promote him. He's going to be the, the heir apparent to Jay Leno and The Tonight Show in, I believe, it's 2009. Yeah. And so they're doing everything they can to bolster his career. I still don't get why they why they made that choice. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I try to watch the show, but I just don't like it. I, <laughs> well, I don't find him that funny, whereas I find Jay Leno very funny. Oh, yeah. He's a great comedian. And Letterman has so many other uh, great things going for him as well, too. Uh, we have uh, more with Alex Ben Block and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on The Advertising Show. At theadvertisingshow.com, you're going to find lots of great things to, uh, to check out. We hope you visit there often. And we hope you stay with us for one more segment with Alex Ben Block. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Men. Nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated cheese. Well, that's one that's been in the vault. We pulled it out, blew the dust off, and played it for you here at the Advertising Show. Welcome back. It's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest out of L.A. is uh, entertainment industry journalist and author Alex Ben Block. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Thank you very much. You know, uh, phony video news releases have been talked about a lot lately, although I think some of our listeners may not be familiar with uh, the idea. And I understand, Alex, the government is finally investigating this issue. Bring, first of all, give us some background on the idea of video news releases that aren't up and up and what the government's doing about it. Well, you know, many corporations have over the years created uh, videos that promote their products and services, and that's just fine. Uh, where it breaks down is the ethical issue of when you provide those kind of videos, which are essentially commercial messages, to a TV station news department, and they incorporate them into the newscast in a way that's seamless to the viewer, and they're not in any way identified as advertising or promotion or paid sponsorships, that's improper. And now the Federal Communications Commission, the watchdog agency in Washington that oversees all radio and television broadcasting, 
uh, has issued about 45 uh, summonses asking for local TV stations to give them information on how they used these video press releases. Now, these, these have always also been in the news recently because the federal government, the Bush administration, had authorized the use of some of these video press releases and then had to pull back on them. But the issue here is, are these local stations looking to save a couple of bucks by incorporating some paid material that they were provided into their show and not telling the gullible public that really this is just a big commercial? And uh, where they're doing it, it's illegal, and the FCC says they're going to crack down. A sign of the times with uh, TV stations looking at uh, saving some money there, or is it just laziness on news uh, directors' part? What's going on, do you think? Well, I'll tell you, this is a scary time for local TV stations in many ways. For years, they were this incredible asset that never stopped growing. A major market station in New York or L.A. sold for in excess of $500 million. And what were you really buying? You were buying the right to call yourself that signal and to use a little piece of frequency to deliver your programming. And they had an exclusive deal with the networks for many years where they were the only place you could get these shows. Well, that's all broken down since 2005. Now, since the video iPod deal with uh, online showings of shows uh, almost immediately after they air by ABC and now recently announced by CBS as a promotional mechanism, the exclusivity is gone. And to some extent, the local stations are able to share revenues. But the question is, going forward, are these local stations really necessary? And do we need all of them? And are the values that uh, they've been built on, in other words, uh, these companies sell stock and uh, borrow money based on a specific value of these stations, if those values come down, this could be like a house of cards financially for the entire broadcasting industry. Hmm. So this is a scary time to be a broadcaster. We ran across yeah. a, a news provider, Brad, out of, hmm. I think it's Indiana, and they hmm. provide local news teams for uh, television stations that don't have local news teams. They hmm. actually wow. do the local news for you. Oh, yeah. so. Well, there are several of those outfits, and they pretend to be in your city. But they're actually far away, and yeah. uh, you just dial them in, and they show up, and they change the <laughs> graphics for your station for each broadcast. Scary. Hmm. I wonder where they got that idea, Clear Channel. Right. Uh, going on in American newspapers. They're being homogenized into these big chains, which yeah. just grind them to make money. They run a bunch of local news. They try not to be too controversial, and they try to sell a lot of ads. You know, the, the big corporations call the tune, and the individuality and the investigative reporting and the independent spirit is gone. You know, it's uh, it's a shame, but, uh, you know, I guess just us old people remember when uh, media was not homogenized and, and channels were really unique and unusual in and of themselves as well as the originators of the programming. You know, Ray mentioned uh, a few weeks ago about this, and we wanted to get your take on it. ABC decided to drop its own identification with the sports programs that it airs and substitute the ESPN brand. Uh, smart branding strategy by ABC? Alex, what do you think? I actually think it is, in a sense, as much as I love ABC Sports, and I think it's a great brand, the Olympics and football and all the stuff it stood for over the years. But going forward, these brands are very powerful. Because what happens in a world where it's essentially video on demand, you can get content from the Internet, from broadband, from broadcast, from other sources, you can play a disc, you can play a game, whatever you want. In that world, stations become less and less important. That's what we were talking about, TV stations. They kind of lose their identity. But shows matter. So whether it's Desperate Housewives as a show or whether it's ESPN as a brand for sports, that becomes very powerful because that's the icon you're going to look for when you click or when you pick the button, or when you choose off the menu of your cable system going forward. 
And so uh, I think the ESPN brand is extremely valuable, and I think they've probably done the right thing, although a lot of this, I think, was driven by a consolidation of the sports departments of the network and the cable channel in order to save money. Alex, it is always a pleasure, and we unfortunately are out of time. Thanks again for being a part of the advertising show. We've uh, kind of on the fast forward here and bringing ourselves up to date and our listeners with uh, what's going on in the entertainment industry. So thanks a bunch. Maureen, Brad, it's a pleasure. You're doing a great job. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Do you know exactly how to read it and only the world to do it? You unscrew it very fast. Welcome back to the Advertising Show, Rachel and Brad Forsythe, and one more segment here. Again, want to remind you to uh, tune in next week. We've got uh, Pat Fallon, chairman of Fallon Worldwide, and he's also written a book, which many people have read already, by the way. It's called Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. And uh, speaking of people we need to be listening to, this is one guy that we could do that. Hey, Brad, there are so yeah. many uh, automotive advertisements on the radio, and television for that matter. Sure. And I find it very interesting. Uh, Chevy has a, a little car. It's called an Aveo. And uh, basically what they've done is they've taken half of their ad budget, and they're putting it to online hmm. uh, to chase the Internet-loving target buyers, which I think is a very, very smart yeah. uh, a smart thing. They don't, they're not saying too much about it. It's breaking uh, mid-September. Uh, the ads will point out that we have the big little car, as what hmm. he's saying, the 07 Oveo. So, is it a hybrid? Uh, I'll have to check that out. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't think so. I think yeah. it's just an incredibly fuel-efficient uh, you know, little car. Uh, little car, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they're ta- targeting a younger, younger crowd with that car or with that uh, marketing effort and uh, and the car, I guess. And uh, it's a great, great idea. We'll keep an eye on that and. Yeah. Uh, all I want to know is if behavioral targeting is all about, you know, watching how you behave online, why in the world does everybody still want to, to talk to me about my, uh, my erection and, oh, okay. uh, yeah. uh, or they think lack thereof, uh, or my uh, uh, mortgage? Hmm. I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't go to porn sites. So I'm not qualified in in that regard as far as the former subject and as right, far as right. the mortgage. You know, I don't I don't want to refinance my home, but there's a lot of people out there wanting. I'm think they could combine those two messages <laughs> somehow. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> see. I, I could just see the spots too. That'd be kind of well, funny. Well, I mean, it'd be something like you know, interest rates are growing instead of <laughs> rising. Hey, uh, Ray. You know, the world already knows about Fidel Castro and how he was temporarily sidelined as president of uh, Cuba, as they From say. What recently. we understand, he's still sidelined as well. So, yeah. yeah, well, that's true. His brother hopes he's sidelined for a long time so he can continue to, around the big house. Stay in bed, Fidel. I go. Don't think of it. Yeah. Did you Did you hear about this? Uh, not only is he a huge sports fan, it's been known for a while, but he's uh, also now found uh, in a product placement without uh, any uh, hope of uh, Adidas or Adidas uh, being able to place that. But his photo, apparently, that they released uh, through the uh, arm of the uh, Cuban government that uh, had Fidel wearing his Adidas jumpsuit, and there was the big Adidas logo over his right uh, front breast. And, of course, if you're Fidel, that's a pretty big logo. But uh, my guess is, is that, you know, Fidel, and if you're listening, Fidel, 
this is Ray <laughs> talking. Uh, <laughs> that you have very large man breasts. <laughs> yes. There. No, uh, but, uh, you know, you can't always control product uh, exposure. And, you no. know, you, you typically see, you know, what the guy the guy that's being arrested. and You wouldn't want on, him wearing an Adidas uh, warm-up suit, no. Or the guy on cops. You know, he's got the hard rot rock cafe hat on you know and he's being beat up you know it's it's not a good thing got my wife beat her on there no doubt about it with my <laughs> yeah. song yeah. uh or whatever that's the thing is called um <laughs> that's funny <laughs> speaking of the guy who's coming back from the from across the pond so yeah. to speak from uh, singapore they arrested him and brought him back i don't think the guy did anything he may know something but i don't think he did it but man what a oh, strange yeah. dre- he's scary the, all the news media is featuring his picture everywhere and those mm-hmm. weird looking eyes they have the uh, they have the um oh who's the guy that shot uh, Kennedy not uh, Jack Ruby but Oswald, Oswald Lee Harvey mm-hmm. Oswald he's right. got that weird look and he wears mm-hmm. these clothes that he looks like he might work for uh, the the geek squad or something I'm not sure right. But uh, anyway, uh, so well, I don't know where I was you, going with that. But uh, that's well, okay. if you're if you're a, a potential you know uh, weirdo like he is, you're thinking, well, wait a minute, you can get champagne, you get business class, you get uh, you know some prawns for. Did you hear about the uh, flight over? No. They were being critical of the fact that our government uh, that is, that uh, you know accompanied him to come to uh, California as his first point of entry into the U.S. FedEx. Uh, yeah, was uh, had a little glass of champagne and, uh, you know, it was in business class and uh, had a nice little meal. And, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, crime pays, I guess. I guess not. So let's listen <laughs> no. to Patrick Meyer here about uh, something about Doc Moby. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. My friends, here's something you've probably never, ever thought about before. Dot com versus dot Moby. You're saying, what is .mobi? Well, .mobi happens to be a way of connecting your cell phone to the Internet with your own .mobi URL. But more important is the tandem relationship between .com and .mobi because the cell phone is the lifestyle enabler for the next several years. It's coming so quick, and it's critical for every marketing plan to have it built in. So the question is, .com versus .mobi, or do they work in tandem? There was a survey that was done in June that said that marketers are putting their greatest amount of increases in media into the Internet. But my friends, make sure that you're also looking at cell phone and personal technology that's coming because it's closer to the consumer, moves with them, and just as experiential and as fun, and it's even aspirational as an accessory for their lifestyle. So here's what you might want to do. Number one, do I know my target and how personal technologies fit with them? Number two, where is this technology now and where is it going? Number three, pick those options that are right for you, whether that's gaming, music, other experiences. Number four, allocating budget. Take 1% of your budget and make sure that you're playing in this area, but get your feet wet. And lastly, make sure that you're working .com with .mobi, internet strategy with your cell phone strategy, working in tandem. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. It's Patrick Meyer, as always, a great feature here on the Advertising Show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth. Thanks again to our guest, Alex Ben Block, today for uh, dropping by for a few segments. Always fun to get uh, Alex on the uh, on the, on the uh, air and see what he's got to say. Yeah. Pat Fallon is going to be an interesting uh, interview next week, don't you think, Brad? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. 
And it's uh, the book is called, you, as a matter of fact, if you want to go out and get the book, read it, and then you can join us uh, for the interview. Maybe you'll have some questions as well. Juicing the Orange, How to Turn Creativity into a Powerful Business Advantage. That's the book, and uh, this is the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. If you haven't been to the Ad Show uh, website uh, recently, of course, you're here right now, but uh, check it out. Uh, do a little bit of navigating around, and you'll be able to see that there are t- tons of interviews out there for podcasts and RSS feeds, and they're all available for you. Uh, in the in the name of uh, better advertising and marketing, and the advertising show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online at age.com. So we'll see you next week with Pat Fallon, chairman of Fallon Worldwide. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.